well, I guess we know what we're going to do at halftime. Sorry, Rihanna. Oh, okay. I actually <laughs> want to watch Rihanna. I want to watch Rihanna. I guess we're rolling. We should probably keep keep it to to golf and fitness. But why not? We we can talk about the lingerie bowl a little bit. Now nah, let's talk about golf and fitness. So, uh, but today we actually want to talk more about um, nutrition, lifestyle, sleep, alcohol, and those types of things, right? Just well, yeah, you're getting right today. into it. I well, I think like a good a good part of our coaching, both of us, is the whole um, just beyond the gym part of mm-hmm. of your life, right? So you can spend even if you go to the gym every day, like, you know, the average, the average Joe gym goer, four to five hours a week in the gym is really, really good. That's really consistent. But then there's like the other 164 hours in your week or whatever that you're spent doing like other things. And so Mm -hmm. like lifestyle things are important to address. And I think, you know, depending on, you know, you can have a client that's 22 years old without a family, but you also can have a client that has four kids, right? So people's, you know, life, lifestyles are really different but that being said we all have other things going on outside of our gym life and our fitness life that are really important if not more important things to address and talk about mm-hmm. i mean then a lot of people just don't realize like how actually important nutrition is to your performance i think a lot of it gets put on um body composition and, and things like that but you know if you're not keeping up with your nutrition, if you're not fueling your body properly, your workouts are going to suffer, you're not going to recover properly, and you're just going to leave a lot of gains on the table. Um, so that's why nutrition just plays such an important role in, well, in everything, um, but especially in your performance in the gym. Yeah, well, I think it's important we take a step back <clears throat> a little bit, maybe talk about why exercise became what it is today and why it's now marketed as like a weight loss method and and then define more of what we define exercise and training as and how we apply mm-hmm. it to our clients. And so, you know, I, there's people that can probably speak better on this than me, but I think it kind of comes from, there's two, there's two different, I have two theories. One is like bodybuilding, which you would, you spoke to that last time we, t- we had an, ep- we, we talked on our episode, which was like the magazines that you would look at of the bodybuilders eating, mm-hmm. you know, broccoli and chicken diets and taking a bunch of steroids and getting really big and like the extreme extreme one percent of the one percent of the one percent of people that are like in the fitness space that really Mm -hmm. like we could go on about how that's not even really fitness because it's extreme it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily healthy their levels of body fat are not sustainable those types of things and then there's the other camp of like, I don't know, back in the eighties when like you had like the Jane Fonda's and the like jazzer size and all of those types of classes mm-hmm. where people started to like move and sweat and use exercise as a way to like maintain their weight, so to speak. Or that's when also like you saw people going out for like to start running. Mm-hmm. And over the decades we've now seen cut to 2023 we have a studio of gym on literally every street corner in some capacity there's a zumba class there's a spin studio there's 40,000 yoga studios everywhere whatever um and yet our country is like fatter than ever most unhealthy than ever we Mm -hmm. obviously saw that through the pandemic of people like not necessarily being their most healthy selves we're stressed out (laughs) you know we're consuming alcohol drugs rampant drugs happening all throughout the country all the things right so it's like okay obviously there's just more to it the point the point being there is so much more to health and and bettering our country as a whole and our society as a whole and living healthier lives than getting to the gym a couple times a week that adds a lot of value to Mm -hmm. your life for sure 
and we'll talk about why, why the gym is important and what it can do for your health. But if we're not addressing other lifestyle things like our stress and our food and how much alcohol that we're, that we're consuming, then we're not really, we're not doing much by way of our health other than like maybe checking off the box, which I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something when we do consultations or when we first get on the phone and we first meet someone in person is we want to gather all that information, right? Like what is your lifestyle like? How much stress do you have? What is your nutrition like? So especially coming from like a nutrition coach, like what is like the first thing that you talk to somebody about? What are some of the questions that you might ask? when you're trying to learn about someone's nutrition and their lifestyle? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always like to ask people like the basic questions, right? And that to that, and that means what is your diet like? I like to hear from people's perspective, what they think their diet is like. And oh, I, it's always clean. It's <laughs> oh, I eat pretty well. That's what I hear all the time. Oh, I, I eat great. Or they like kind of laugh it off or they like, you know, but like be real with yourself, right? Like what is your diet like? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people either, and I, and here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people are lying on purpose. I don't mm -hmm. think people are, they, they really just don't know. You know, we, we hear all the time or I hear a lot. Well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty 80, 20. And I always say like, what does that even mean to a person that's not tracking their food? How do we know what 80, what does 80, 20 really mean? I like to always look at things too, from the lens of like, okay, well, two days a week are weekend days. That's 30% already of your week. So are you more 70, 30? What about Friday night? Does that count as a weekend day too? Because then you're 40% in already, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's important to really, again, I ask basic questions up front to get people's, just kind of get them thinking about that stuff. Some people don't really, haven't thought about it. So they have a hard time answering those types of questions. And to your point, other people maybe are like, well, yeah, I do really good like Monday through Friday, but then I just like, I have a cheat all weekend long or, or mm -hmm. whatever. And it's just interesting to get people to start thinking about that. Um, themselves. But again, the meat and potatoes, no pun intended of my, of the questions that I ask are more lifestyle related. Mm -hmm. So I ask people about what, um, who they surround themselves with the most and who in their life is supportive or not supportive. Um, what is work life like and stress like, or maybe they're not, maybe they're a full-time again, maybe they're a full-time parent or a single parent. How's mm -hmm. the stress going there? They might have three jobs on top of that or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, alcohol is a big one. Um, you know, again, talk more about that later. Too. We will talk about that today for sure because it gets separated from nutrition too. I get mm -hmm. so many people. I, I mean, it's it's after coaching again thousands of people. You really start to see where someone will be like, "Well, I eat so well and I eat clean," and I'm using quotations because it's like then you'll see ask them how many drinks per week you have and again mm -hmm. people tend to fudge this one a little bit too some people will be honest you well, know you're like me back then I, just, I really didn't remember yeah some people just don't know <laughs> um and again it can really vary and i understand that too maybe you're not consuming eight every week but when you do it is eight you mm -hmm. know on saturdays and sundays or whatever um so you know that person that's eating really clean but they're consuming 10 drinks a week I, I'm, I'm sorry but those are two really different those are two things that you definitely need to address the alcohol consumption right and so um, again, yeah, lifestyle, setting boundaries, the, the relationships, the friendships, the, you know, husband, the wife, the partner at home, those types of questions for sure. And then sleep is another one I talk to everybody mm -hmm. about. That's a really good one that uh, if someone is getting good sleep, you can probably guess that they generally are decent at setting boundaries and, or are leading a pretty healthy lifestyle. Not mm -hmm. always. 
Um, but if someone's a good sleeper, they're probably doing a, a few other things right, right? They're, right? they're cutting off screen time or they have a good bedtime routine. Um, or, or maybe they're, they, get their, they get up early and they have a consistent gym routine. So they're very good about going to bed on time, those types of things. Their sleep quality is better. So therefore their energy levels are better. So again, like we'll, we'll definitely talk about sleep today because for me, that's the number one thing in my coaching that I talk to people about. Mm-hmm. If we don't have sleep on point, to me, we don't have anything. Right. <laughs> so yeah, and I and I think again, um, I always, always in in my consultations, I'm really, really crystal clear with people on what their goals are, defining those goals, but also what the next step of that is 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 making sure that the client understands what goes into getting to those goals, right. what's achievable for them in so their life. So a way to manage expectations. Managing right? if, expectations. If, if we're going to spend this much time in the gym, but we're not going to spend this much time on our nutrition, our recovery, on our sleep, and we're not willing to make drastic changes into that, that's fine. I wouldn't recommend that. But, you know, we're going to have to adjust your expectations, right? If you want to be super elite, but we're not doing all the things that it takes to be an elite athlete, then we need to manage our expectations. Well, yeah. And also it sometimes is a matter of just rewriting like the narrative that we tell ourselves too, right? So sometimes you have an a- someone who was an athlete for a, a majority of their life or a great part of their life, or they are, they're still in that phase of their life in their minds where you kind of have to bring them to earth of like, Hey, you're 45. Now you, ha- you are, you know, a senior VP, you have three kids, so things mm-hmm. are, and your priorities are a little bit different, and that's literally okay. And getting people into that headspace, too, of like, well, yeah, we can get you here. We can get you shredded with a six-pack. Are you willing to sacrifice A, B, C, and D? Mm-hmm. Right? I just made a post about that, I think, on social media, or maybe just talk to a client about that. I can't, I can't remember which, but... You know, I, I they talk, become kind of the same. Like it, it, you talk to your client about one thing, and then it becomes a social media. Well, post. It's, like, it's where we get our inspiration. So. There's a lot of the same themes, which is why we brought what really why this podcast is a thing that that mm-hmm. you and I wanted to make this a thing is because like the, a lot of the same themes come up. But for a lot of people too, it's like it's that last five to ten pounds, maybe fifteen pounds, depending on like if you're a, a bigger dude or whatever. What like, but is your life really worth changing for those final few pounds to not be able to have the drink of alcohol when you want it or the extra dessert with your kids to go out or pizza night with Mm -hmm. your husband or whatever that it is. Like those are the sacrifices that sometimes people are thinking that they want to make when they don't. So a lot of client expectations for sure. I feel like more than goal setting is like, okay, cool. These are your goals, but now let's like figure out, the roadmap there and if you actually want to take that journey or not. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool to to tell our stories and how we ended up living the lifestyle that we currently live. Don't you think? It'd be kind of fun to tell everyone like how we ended up like counting macros and sleeping all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, waking up at 3 a.m., going to bed at 6, um, kind of how our life evolved from like when we first met and previously and Especially well, we mine, because mine was quite drastic. Yeah, you uh, go first. My you lifestyle. Have an, you have a, an interesting path. And then we can get like back into the uh, like the the real factual like stuff on how to help people, but to telling telling our evolution of how we ended up being the yeah. Why don't people we, we are? Why don't we start with you and and uh, how you started? I was hoping you wouldn't make me start. <laughs> um, Too bad, you're it. God, where do where do I even begin? Um, let's go back to, I think you know alcohol plays played a huge role in my life for a very long time 
um, much bigger role than I wish it would have. But, you know, you live and learn. Um, so I started drinking um, probably when I was like 15 years old. Well, when I was 15 years old, maybe even 14. The convenience store down the street from me here in Oklahoma would sell beer to us as, as 15-year-olds. They charge you a little bit more for it. But um, so I started drinking a long time ago. And that became a habit, especially on the weekends, drinking pretty heavily. In college, obviously drinking more times the week than just the weekends, just because that's what it's kind of what everyone did. Um, so went along and, you know, and that was just how what my lifestyle became. And it was, you know, not just a couple drinks. It was a lot of drinks. It was drinking till Cody blacked out, um, which, you know, became a, a habit and something I did every weekend for a long time. I think like, you know, up to like 15 years until we met about five years ago, I was still behaving that way. And on the weekends, I would just drink to excess. Um, I'd be able to get my, my shit done during the week and go to work and be a normal functioning human. But if you saw me, you know, at midnight on Friday night, I was a totally different person. Um, and you got to see that firsthand. And I got away with it for a really long time. Um, I mean, I got myself in some trouble um, with the law. Uh, we won't need to dive into that, but I've gotten myself in trouble. Um, I probably really shouldn't be alive, like to be totally honest. Some of the behaviors and risky behaviors that I took part in, um, I, I frankly, you know, I should probably shouldn't be alive. Um, there's people that I know from growing up that aren't, um, sadly, um, that live the similar lifestyle. So um, this is something I never really talked about so out loud, so this is kind of different for me. Um, but I got a second chance, and I think that's so – I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, again, I've never said this out loud, so this is, this is cool. Um, but I think, you know, you gave me that second chance, right? Like Erica and I met um, – we, I'd go out drinking like I normally would. Um, I moved from Oklahoma to Washington, D.C., and then I still hung out with some people from back home and behaved differently. And then um, when I made new friends, they saw the Cody from Oklahoma that liked to get a blackout drunk. And you, especially, you were the first one that woke me up the next morning and was like, hey, man, like, you know, how you behave is, like, really not that cool. You know, you're 31 years old. Um, it's probably about time you cut that shit out. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, no one's ever really said that to me. Not even like my parents that, that knew I behaved this way, you know, and no one, no one ever told me that. And it kind of, it really woke me up. And then when you see how things change, when you don't get blacked out drunk on the weekends and, you know, I'm talking like eight drinks plus maybe even like 20 drinks. I don't know. I had a lot. You saw mm -hmm. me. I drank like a fish. Um, but then you didn't realize, you know, how like hungover you were like during the week. So we'll, I'll wrap it, you know, bring it back around to fitness, right? Like I've been working out for 22 years while also being like hungover and not peak performance and all this kind of stuff. And you don't realize until you stop, like how much you were leaving on the table, you know? And it was, it, you know, it hurt. Cause I was like, man, I put in so much work. I spent so much money on supplements. I tried so hard. I, you know, to do what I think was right and go to the gym and, and work out hard. And every Monday I'd be basically be starting over. And actually, is the way I used to drink, I wouldn't feel great till like Wednesday, yep. and especially as I got older. You know, it was like Wednesday, and then I'd be like, wow, like I'm finally like sleeping well. I'm not like having insomnia from alcohol. I don't feel depressed. I don't feel like complete garbage. Um, and I can actually get a good workout in. Like that was mind blowing, you know? And I just lived that way for years. And then all of a sudden, it's like weight just started falling off, like body fat started shredding off. Um, this is just from alcohol. We'll talk about getting into like the macros and really following. Um, proper nutrition like later on but like just cutting out the alcohol I mean was insane like you come back Monday and you actually have 
recovered from the weekend, right? You've recovered from your Friday or Saturday workout. You're ready to go again. Your weights are going up because you're not, you didn't just destroy yourself all weekend. Like alcohol has tons of stress on the body. So you're not, you're not recovering. Drink heavily is not recovery. It's not even real. I mean, maybe you feel relaxed in your mind, but it's actually not what it does. Oh, I hope most people don't think that alcohol is recovery, but. <laughs> no, I mean, but you know, just because just you spent the weekend, like, and you got a day off. And you didn't actually work out, but if you were hungover, that's not a recovery. Yeah. You know, that, that's just recovering from the damage you poisoned <laughs> yourself with. So hopefully I'm not getting too far off track. But point is, like, I lived a very different lifestyle than I live now. Um, and the changes from stopping drinking. Now, we'll have one or two here and there. And, you know, the old Cody tries to rear his ugly head every once in a while. But we, we put a lid on that, you know. Um, but... Now that I see the difference in my sleep, my nutrition, it's so much easier to keep, keep on track with your diet. Like, you know, who wants to wake up when they're hungover and, you know, eat, you know, oatmeal? I didn't. You know, now it's what I have every morning for breakfast. I have eggs. Like, maybe that wouldn't be appeasing to me if I was hungover like I used to be. So just to make better decisions, your sleep, your recovery, and just the overall clarity you have and your performance just goes up, goes through the roof you know, it's, it's way more intoxicating than alcohol ever was. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. You shared a lot. That was awesome. <laughs> I probably shared too much, but actually that actually felt really good. That. Cause I don't think I've ever, I've never really talked about that in public before. Um, cause you know, and probably a lot of people that are going to listen to this might be like my people that follow me on Instagram, which, you know, I just started posting in, in June of 2022. Um, and that was, you know, I'm living my, I'm a way different person than I was many years ago. I think so. it's important for coaches to talk about this stuff um, because I think a lot of people also look at coaches and people in the fitness space or just w whatever fitness and health leaders that they look up to that they've always had their shit together or they grew up in a household where they were counting macros since age three or whatever. You know, I think mm -hmm. people's perception is definitely like, well, they have it easy right. or they they've always done it this way. And that's just not the truth. I mean, a lot of people in the fitness space can, I'm sure, are very, like, will love that you shared your story. People can totally relate to that. People that are listening and our clients can relate to that for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and it's important to know, yeah, like, a lot of the greatest coaches out there and trainers out there have stories like that or have had struggles or have learned the things the hard way. And that's why we do what we do, mm -hmm. truly. Um so again, I think it's important to, to remember, like to not necessarily put people on a pedestal and to also remember that, especially like us, but you know, we're not out here trying to, oh, we're like nose up in the air. Like we know mm -hmm. much better than you. It's like, no, we've probably lived through some of the things and we can relate mm -hmm. to our clients and we, we know that it's a struggle, but to your point, it's a lot harder to be, to have that type of relationship with alcohol mm -hmm. than it is to not. So at the end of the day, you chose the, the hard that was less hard, which was like get healthier and mm -hmm. feel better. I mean, you know, and I'm not that young. I'm 36 and I feel better now than I can ever remember. Way healthier than I was at 26, yeah. 21. I mean, you know, granted, if I would have treated myself the way I do now back then, I probably would have felt pretty good, but I didn't. So now I feel the best that I ever have. And, you know, I can't imagine like going back to that to that old lifestyle. Yeah. And that's what I tell a lot of people, too around that and like how you feel. And I'm always talking to people about how you feel is so much more important than how you look. And I know we get really, really, really caught up in the aesthetics and how we look and the, the pants size and whatever. And there's not, it's not like there's not value in that because it, 
when you look good, you feel good or whatever. When you feel good, look good, think you look good, you feel better about yourself. But if you can focus on feeling better, that really keeps you in the game that much longer. And I think what starts to happen, what I've seen with my clients, particularly the ones that start to eat a lot less processed food and eat better, and also the ones that do remove alcohol from their life specifically, is that they get there on their own terms in the way that you kind of did. I mean, yes, there mm-hmm. was a support system. And yes, like I've been a support system for my clients in that kind of capacity. And me. Yes. <laughs> I, well, yeah. And with you, it's a little bit more like... <laughs> but with, Very much with so. a lot of my clients, much louder, though. it'd be easy for me to just, okay, every client that's new with me, okay, cool, stop drinking alcohol, have a nice life, like, good luck. No, it doesn't work like that. People have to get there on their own terms. And so, a, a, you know... A big thing that I try to work with clients on is A, being patient, but B, again, focus on how you're feeling, how your performance Mm -hmm. is improving, how your sleep is improving. Then the decision to have that drink or that extra drink or 12 drinks that night is going to be actually a lot easier to be like, nope, because now I know what it actually feels like to feel good. Mm -hmm. So I, this is a really easy no brainer decision to just be like, I don't want that. I literally want to drink the water or the Mm -hmm. tea or the diet Coke instead, because I'm not going to feel like garbage for three days afterwards and make terrible decisions or Mm -hmm. get in another argument with my partner or whatever that it is. And people start to put those two things together in their minds and they start to have improvements in so many other facets of their life that again, it's not about like, how do I choose whether or not to help? I can't say no. It's like, I actually want to say no. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome to see right. when that happens for people. Yeah. So, I mean, and now like, you know, I, I wear, I wear a Garmin watch and it does this little thing called a, a body battery. And every night when I'm, I, well, it wears down as I go along the day, like, where's it at right now? Now I'm at 45 because I've worked out this morning and we've done a lot already today. Um, but it's down to 45 from a hundred. And when I go to bed at night, it's going to go back up to a hundred. Now I notice when I go out and have one beer, I can have one beer and some sushi um, and my body battery will get, you know, will go from 45 to maybe to get up to like 60, maybe 70, one beer instead of a hundred. And I don't tell it like, I don't like right. program into my phone. Like, Hey, one beer tonight. Like it doesn't know. It can just tell by my, my biomarkers that I'm not recovering because my body's getting rid of the toxin of alcohol. And so it's just, it's, it's pretty wild. It's crazy, like what it, what it does to you. And now looking back on it, it's just you know it, it makes me feel a little sad because I feel like I waste a lot. But you know we've got to learn our own ways. Yeah, we totally do. And the last thing I'll say, Peter Tia, I love him. Plug for him. I follow him. He's an amazing um, doctor. He has a really cool podcast, and um, he ta- he has an aura ring, I think. And he always talks about that um, the one drink thing because he also doesn't drink a lot or whatever. But what he'll occasionally have one drink and then sometimes an extra glass of wine or whatever. And anyway, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean his every time, like his recovery is like 50% of what it would be right. on a normal. It's just, it is truly fascinating. And again, I, I will say like wearables aren't going to be like, they're not the end all be all. Like you don't need to live and die by your, your wearable, whether it's a whoop or whatever, but like, it's kind of cool to see something that you are consistently looking at, which is your watch every morning on how your sleep is to mm-hmm. see it like really be off by that much when you just, when you have a drink is yeah. It's wild. Pretty, pretty wild. And I think the body too adapts to, again, it gets, it gets good at feeling good. So mm-hmm. once you start to feel good all the time, like it just is not worth it to have yeah. that one or two drinks. And we all know those people, by the way, that can have, there are people in this world. There's a small percentage of people that do not get hung over. They, mm-hmm. they literally have like whatever digestive enzymes in their body that's, that most of us do not have to mm-hmm. be able to 
properly get rid of and metabolize alcohol be- like truly better. But the majority, majority, majority of people are not those people. Right. Um, and actually, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good that we kind of have something that keeps mm-hmm. us away from it. But well, I'm, d- I'm definitely think I'm a- actually a little bit allergic to alcohol. I probably just drank too fast previously that I just bypassed all the. Yeah. Uh, I was I went right into the drunk phase without yeah. even realizing like, hey, this is like my face is turning red. I'm yeah. sneezing. Like you know, just like bad things are happening. But I was already like too far. Yeah. Down the <laughs> down the rabbit hole before I was like, oh, it's not a good idea. But um, anyways, so like mine were, you know, we have totally different, different backgrounds on, on why we came to our nutrition lifestyle that we are in now. Like yours was not as self-inflicted like mine was. Um, so no, like I mean, maybe my- you want to tell a little bit more about how like you came to and how we like, and maybe how we started like counting macros because we've actually tried it all. We did keto, we've done, um, what else did we do? I'll high level my story because it's not as like as involved as yours. I, um, I've had Crohn's disease since age 11. It was super not heard of. Everyone probably knows what it is now, but it's basically inflammation in your gut lining. It can go from your esophagus all the way down to the other end. Mine happens to be in my small intestines. I've had it pretty, I've had it, I had it very, very bad when I was an adolescent. Um, and there just wasn't a lot. There was no I mean, there wasn't barely internet. Like there was nothing that I could do to really research on it. Right. So I took a lot of medicine, was on a lot of steroids, you know, as a little kid. Um, and then, you know, pretty much all the way up through college is when I kind of started to pay more attention to like, you know, things like gluten-free was, was like a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. like you, you go to Trader Joe's and like see that out, out in the universe. So gut health, like started to become more of a conversation or at least that time, like back in 2006, 2007, that's when I started kind of like trying to self-educate the best that I could, like learning how to eat a vegetable or something. Like, I don't know, a lot of self-experiments basically throughout like my, the greater part of my twenties, honestly. So we talked about how I was in the yoga scene. I did vegan for literally like a couple of months. I mean, it was obscene. I was so tiny. Uh, you know, Crohn's also makes you like, typically you don't, put weight on very easily anyway you're malnourished you're not absorbing a lot of nutrients because that's just kind of how the disease works so whatever did a lot of self-discovery throughout my 20s in terms of different foods and diets and whatever and I kind of have always been a self-experiment and then yes when you and I met and we were like kind of cleaning up our lives together right Mm -hmm. because we you know it's not like we weren't partying together sometimes I would say that like I I would sometimes yeah have i maybe be better about setting boundaries of how much I had to drink or whatever. Cody, to make, Cody had no drinking To boundaries. make sure that we got home safely or that I would just literally drop you off home safely and leave. <laughs> um. <laughs> Kick me inside the door and be like, literally. good luck, buddy. Text all of our friends. He made it home. Like we would all just They're be like, like again. Cody. <laughs> so it's embarrassing, you know, like, you know, I don't want to keep bring- talking about it. Cause like, but it, it, it was just like, it, you know, it's, I'm so lucky that I got a second chance because, like, I was – a lot of things were very embarrassing. Um, you know, you just behave not normally. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the, the way I drink. And, you know, it's, it's so – I'm so lucky that I still have – that no one, like, totally disowned me or anything like that, that I that I got a second <laughs> chance. But anyways, um, yeah, so, like, we – you know, we didn't live the perfect lifestyle, but we started cleaning it up. Um, yeah, we did. We we well, we did that summer. Like, what, a part of what we did, though, we did kind of meet – via the gym like we did have that in common we were into mm-hmm. fitness we were doing like little we did spartan races together we, mm-hmm. we, we were training together you were teaching me how to lift a barbell we were doing mark ripito erica won a lot of spartan races so <laughs> she doesn't like to brag but i like to brag for her he does 
I brag you. about her all the time. Like she just crushed <laughs> these Spartan races. It was like unfair. And I'll tell stories about it later, how she would pass me, even though I started like 15 minutes before her, she'd like wave at me while I was doing burpees on the ground. She'd be like, good, good job, honey. And I'm like, shut up. Anyways. Yeah. So we were like doing the fitness thing. And again, like it would be after maybe having drinks all weekend or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, we definitely use our free beer token afterwards. We and, did. And we know. totally did. Cause that, and, and then, that, you know, it comes with it. Like you buy your <laughs> race and uh, you do the race and you rip off one of the wristbands for a free beer. And uh, we can talk about that on another you, episode. You drink too. the free beer afterwards. The, the free shit that they give you after races. And that's dumb. But um, yeah, give you a good banana. It's always a good banana. So we were definitely doing a lot of the fitnessing together. And then we tried CrossFit. That's really like ultimately what led us to start to do some of the diet stuff. Right. Is how I remember it. You and I went to a CrossFit class together because a friend of mine had opened up a gym mm-hmm. near where we, I had just moved. And I know that I had dabbled in CrossFit. I don't think you had tried any CrossFit ever. I know that I had tried over the years. I had gone to different gyms and I just right. honestly, every time I was like, I hate this. Well, we had done, <laughs> we, we met at a gym that was high in, high intensity interval training. Um, yeah. So it was running, kettlebell swings, you know, it was circuit training, which is basically like, what a lot of CrossFit is, but yeah, it wasn't barbells, but we had been barbell training, yes, but not like Olympic lifting. So it was definitely different and it, gymnastics it different. Of, of CrossFit yeah. and all yeah. that kind yeah. of like stuff. Like doing pull-ups and kipping pull-ups and all that stuff was just so wild. But we basically eventually both really liked this particular gym. We liked the community. Um, and I think we had started right around the end of the, the year. So the new year was coming around and we mm-hmm. had like kind of, we, they had like this challenge, like so many gyms do. It was like a six week crazy diet that we went on. And I remember specifically for me, that's when I started to track my food because I remember being really hungry and being like, these meals are so small. I wonder how much calories I'm eating every day. Mm-hmm. And it was like 1200 calories. It was really Yeah, small. And I wasn't eating much more than that either. You were eating like 14 or 1500. Yeah. It was bizarre. Um, and I was like, no wonder I'm fucking starving. And of course, no wonder we're losing weight. Probably mm-hmm. losing body fat, but also just literally losing size because we were just like mm-hmm. just starving. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, this like macro thing is like sort of interesting, right? And we had really stopped drinking by then too. So like it was just, you know, because yeah, so like, you know, we were pretty strict about that program that we were on. Yes. And obviously like alcohol was not included in that. So right. um, there was tons of calories right there that were just going to fall fly off totally and so again i'm sure a lot of people can relate to this by the way though like anybody has probably a lot of people listening have done like a 30-day whole 30 or Mm -hmm. a six-week challenge at the gym or they've probably done a meal it was basically like a meal plan type of a thing which i would encourage if you are not getting that from a registered dietitian to please run away nobody should be prescribing you meals unless they are literally a registered dietitian Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's when we started tracking and i think um we tracked a little bit, but then also from that led into, oh, we should like this keto diet. We did a couple of other things like that exact mm-hmm. same year, right? This was when we were about to leave. We moved to Austin, Texas a couple right. months later. We were doing keto and we were traveling for that. Well, I think it was an easy transition because this this program we were following was pretty much pretty turning into carb. keto. Yeah, it was very, very low carb. And yes. you know, for the people that are out there, like keto is a um, high fat, moderate protein no, no carbohydrate diet. So a lot of people think they can just eat and I don't, maybe we don't, we don't even want to go into this, but like a lot of people think they can just eat tons of protein and still be in ketosis. And, and then you can have your cheat days on the weekends and jump out of ketosis. Like keto is very complicated and that's much more for you to talk about, but I hear keto a lot. Um, that's how people want to lose weight by eliminating carbs. But anyways, let's talk about like why we did it 
because uh, we were almost doing it anyways, and then we started doing, then we went full blown into keto where we were actually testing ourselves. Yeah, then, we were in ketosis for a little bit, and then um, I remember when we got to Austin, we were you know still doing the CrossFit thing, and we were I remember working out and doing CrossFit and feeling like complete hot garbage. Like yeah, I we were doing Spartan having, races, and yes. it was just like no carbs, like that we have no energy. I had I was just gassed. Like it, well, it, yeah. yeah, the energy thing was interesting because it wasn't like during the day I felt tired. It, it was like the just no stamina, and this was mm-hmm. this was back when I was still doing endurance yeah i was doing hood to coast well, we, that and when, summer when we were training for crossfit like we, we were doing two days we were doing two days we were doing like nc yeah. fit programming doesn't matter the point of the story is that we had definitely tried a few things we were definitely doing low carb for about we did it for like a month i don't think it lasted that long six weeks maybe. keto yeah it didn't last because i think we stopped because we were so tired and we want to do that spartan race we did a super yeah oh yeah that's right. And we were like, which okay. was like their mid length race. So it was like 10 miles yes. plus all these obstacles. And it's like, we need some carbs. We needed carbs. And that was when we were like, let's start tracking. Macros. And I think after that race, we went and like just crushed a bunch of tacos or something. Donuts. We, I remember too. Donuts? Oh, we got Gordo's. Remember yeah, Gordo's? No, yeah, we went all in. We broke keto on Gordo's donuts in yes. Austin, Texas. Yeah, we went all in. <laughs> I think that was definitely which, the race. Which again, the, the race, maybe. this is so typical, you guys. Like for somebody, anybody that's done an extreme diet like that, whether it's what, even if it's like an Atkins keto, whatever, whole 30, this is what happens to so many people. Or, you know, you do dry January, whatever. And then like the day that that it ends, you are like, oh, I cannot wait to like completely gorge out on. And by the way, once again, we are not immune to that. That happened to us. We literally were like, oh my God, I haven't had a carb in four weeks mm-hmm. doing all this exercise. And we just did this two hour long race. Now it's time to go eat and all of the carbs. carbohydrates. Yeah. Legitimately, I remember putting on like five pounds in two days. Right. Like again, we'll talk about this at another time, but when you're when when you're eating no carbohydrates, you're going to lose a lot of water weight, which really isn't the same thing as body fat. So when you start to eat carbs again, it's going to pop on really, really quickly, which is why we get really excited when we do low carb or no carb, because mm-hmm. we we basically can really just end up losing a lot of water weight at the onset of, of reducing a lot of carbs, which mm-hmm. for anybody who works out or wants to just kind of, again, lead more of a balanced, healthy lifestyle, I don't recommend cutting out carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're very, very important for us, um, again, as, as athletes or people who train, but also people, again, that just want to live their life in society and, and, and enjoy life a little bit and be able to eat carbs. Plus things like vegetables and fruits are carbs, you know, potatoes right. are carbs, things that are good, sweet potatoes. These things are very good for you and they should absolutely be a part of your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like what ultimately led us to, I mean, now we've been, we have been tracking macros for like five years, mm-hmm. four and a half years. We've been tracking macros. I think you know, we take, have taken breaks here and there. I always encourage my clients to take tracking breaks, right? We don't always have to be specifically focused on tracking all the time, but building different phases of macros. And, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in future episodes. But, um, when we, um, went into that performance focused, yeah, right. We realized that our performance increased and we got uh, you know, better results yes. from doing, from eating carbs. Yes. And before we get too far away from that Spartan story, I do want to tell, this is the story of, of you passing by me in this guy. So, cause that was a really funny story. And then I'll quit bragging about you and, and your <laughs> awesomeness and racing. But, um, so anyways, like if you guys aren't familiar, Spartan race, it's an obstacle course race. You can do it. It was in uh, it was in Austin. It was at a ranch. So it was cool. We like ran through, um, kind of like over rocks and like dry Creek beds and through the woods and climbing ropes and carrying buckets, all sorts of crazy stuff that you got to do. And, uh, they start the men, um, you know, they stagger everyone and we were doing the competitive heat and, um, 
they have the men go first because you know typically men are a little faster and then they have the women after and um so i think it's like 15 minutes 20 minutes that you started after me and i'm running with this guy we were kind of like jockeying for position the whole time like we're running like we're not the best guys out there but we're relatively competitive and we're going pretty good and you can see like through the the trails like because they kind of pass they loop around and you kind of see the the leg that you just finished because you can see through the trees and he's like dude looks over he's like dude we gotta hurry up there's a girl coming like you know and that means like we were falling behind because like a girl's catching up and i was like i was like oh i was like i saw that that's that's my girlfriend at the time i was like i was like oh that's my girlfriend at the time. like she's don't worry dude she's gonna catch us he's like no no we can't let her catch us we gotta go and i was like she's 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 gonna catch us and then sure enough like you know we got to the next obstacle and i was on the ground doing burpees and that's when you did the <laughs> keep going babe <laughs> But anyways, like, and then Erica, you beat like the girl that came in second by like 20 minutes, like, you know, and the race wasn't that long. I mean, it, you like did it like an hour and a half and she was like an hour 50. So like, that's just, you know, man, how, those how, were good, good how, how good you were at that, <laughs> at those so races. And then when you did high rocks, you were just as good. So, I mean, Erica is the, by far the better athlete of the two of us. Um, but anyways, then we got back into training and eating strictly for performance. And strictly that's where we started doing macros. Oh, for sure. We were not about weight loss. Like at all no I, we didn't I, even like we weren't like doing progress pictures we weren't mm -mm. like flexing in the mirror no, it no. was like hey we want to be faster we want to be stronger we want to be better yes and what do we need to consume to get there yes yes and i think it's really important for people and again not everyone has to track their macros this isn't going to be a podcast about only tracking macros but if you've never tracked your food i think it is so important to do so consistently i tell people two weeks two weeks, including weekends, 14 full days. It is so self-educating, for lack of a better word, of just bringing so much awareness around what you are consuming. And again, back to the whole, like, I eat 80-20. Do you? Like, do you? I mean, I get I get that. I've been there too, where I'm like, oh yeah, I ate good. And then you mm -hmm. seriously look back on your food log that day and you're like, didn't do so good. Like, right. And to this day, we've been doing it for five years. To this day, if, even if I'm flex tracking, which could can mean so many different things, but for me, it's like I'm making sure I'm eating enough protein or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm low on protein today, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I love eating meat and I love eating protein, but it's like you, it just keeps you in track. And so, you know, for the people out that are outside looking in or haven't tracked before, or they feel like counting calories is so strict. It's it's not about being strict. It's like we budget our finances. You look at your credit card statement, you budget your family's whatever, like that's the same exact thing as looking at your food and understanding what's in it. Because the reality is we don't live in the 1800s anymore where there's like four types of food and that's what you ate and it's whatever. Mm -hmm. We have packaged abundance. foods and bars and yeah, yeah, abundance of food. There's events, there's food everywhere. I always joke, like my favorite thing is like I walk into like a FedEx to drop off a package and they have literally like an aisle of candy and I'm like, Okay, this is, it's just, we are inundated with food everywhere, right? And so in order to truly achieve balance or even be able to ultimately intuitively eat, which everyone wants to also say that they do, how do you know what that even means without first tracking your food and understanding what's in your food and understanding how much protein that your body needs and what that looks like for you and where you're at now, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, so many people are like, well, I know I need to eat more, but it's like, then figure out how much more, how do you know without really looking at your, at your food? And the same thing goes to like, when I ask my clients, what's your food look like? You know, I have these people that come to me and, you know, maybe they're 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight. And they, they tell me that their food logs are like chicken and broccoli. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, we're, we're eating something else. Like the reality yeah. is there's something else in here, you know, like, and I don't think, again, I don't feel like these people 
are necessarily like lying on purpose. I think it's just kind of like an, it's a total awareness thing. Similar to like when we, if you've ever looked at your time for the week and where your time goes, I think a lot of us like got, that was a reality check too when the Instagram started timing your screen time and things like mm. that. Or even at your desk job, how have you ever looked at the time that you're spending on doing certain tasks? Not to be like career coachy over here, but that's also like another really like a same thing. It's the same exact idea. It's just a tool to be like, holy F, I spend 40 I spend 40 hours a week just checking my emails or getting distracted by notifications or whatever. And it's like, shit, we should be looking at this stuff if we really want to optimize and or just get better because we don't know. It's a roadmap to like knowing where we're starting from in order to understand where to get where we're going. Mm -hmm. So that's where like the tracking. So again, that's, that's how, again, I use it with my clients. That's how we use it. Again, it can be used for fat loss. It can also be used for a whole lot more. I mean, I'm I'm using it right now to, to bulk up. Yes. Like, you know, some people think that if you're bulking, you know, because especially, you know, how, when I grew up, like there was a lot of people, we just dirty bulked and which means you just kind of eat whatever you want and stuff your face. And then you'll put on some, some fat that you don't want. Um, But, you know, even even though I'm bulking up right now, like at my age, at, at 36 years old, like realistically, if I'm wanting to bulk, I want it to be muscle. Right? Like I don't want to gain a bunch of fat, which is pointless. Um, so I want it to be slow. Like at a, a man my age, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're more of the expert on this. Like I can I can truly only gain like a pound, maybe two. And, and at my like training age, which is like 22 years plus, like I'm pretty I'm a very experienced lifter. Like and I'm putting on muscle like my I got to work really hard to put on muscle at this age, at this training age. So I'm maybe one to two pounds a month if I'm really lucky, if I'm really doing everything I'm supposed to do right. So if I just dirty bulk and gain six pounds this month, like a good chunk of that's going to be fat. Yeah, you're lucky if you're going to get a pound of lean mass in there. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's I'm very exactly lucky, right. You know, so um, it, it's not, you know, I, I think it's it macros or counting your macros or tracking your calories is put out there as like people that want to lose weight. It's like, no, it's like I do it for performance because if I don't eat enough, my performance is going to be bad. Yes. Um, or it's not going to be optimal. Let's not say bad. It's just not. And I, I'm here for optimization. Like we want everything to be the best. Right. And if I'm not eating enough protein, if I'm not adequate carbs and if I'm eating too many fats or, or whatever it is that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, my goal is my training is going to suffer. And I'm not, it's not what I want. Yep. And I work too hard for that. And a, and a lot of people out there do, especially if you are a busy person and you're putting your time and you only have a, a smaller amount of time per week. Like I do this for a living, but you know, so I got plenty of time or I make plenty of time to go work out. But if you got kids and you're working like, and you're only able to put in so many, t- so much time into your workout, you need to find a way to optimize it outside of that. Right. And like, we find that tracking macros is, is by far the, the easiest way to do it. And that, that allows you to still go to your office parties and have cake and, and do whatever it is that, that you want to do, um, you know, and, and track it all. And we found that's the best way to, to go about it. So, yeah, I mean, and again, there's, there's many ways to skin the cat, so to speak. And I think if people are really not feeling all, all in on macros, I do think tracking for a couple weeks in a row to give yourself that information, the data, the good starting point of where you're at. And then from there, like the big ones are just like, probably eat more protein and, and look at your protein. Make sure you're eating enough of that. If you're eating enough protein, you're getting, you're filling up on satiating whole foods more than likely. How right? much protein do we like kind of recommend people to I roughly get without I, getting too like personalized for each person? Yeah. Out there? A gram of protein per pound of body weight. 
easy way to do it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Unless unless this is a person who is, you know, an, an overweight or severely overweight individual, right? So if you have a 300-pound person, they don't necessarily need to eat 300 grams of protein, right? Mm-hmm. So we look would be more to look at what their lean body mass is, right. which you could, again, estimate more like a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Right, just to um, make it easy. Yes. And you can literally type all this stuff into an app. Like, I just ate four ounces of chicken right. and it will tell you how much protein is in there. So that's right. It doesn't have to be that hard. Like when I first started uh, trying to track macros, maybe I just didn't know that there was an app out there. I'm pretty sure there wasn't. And, or the first time I really tried to track my calories, like, you know, I'm sitting there like writing it all down and I'm terrible at math. And I was like, okay, how much, you know, is I look at the back of this label, I write it down, but now there are just much easier ways. For sure. And so we have always told people or, you know, that, What's kind of like your number one goal when you start like kind of tracking macros? Like it's it's calories. You want to figure out your calorie intake, right? Well, the first goal is to learn how to track and be consistent well, with it. Right. My first goal with my clients is like, are we being honest? Are we tracking sips, nibbles, bites, sips, alcohol, sips, nibbles, bites, friends, mm-hmm. kids, kids, friends, whatever, nibbles, snacks, samples at Costco. Mm, I do like nibbles. Are we tracking everything? That handful of nuts, that's 200 calories that you just missed in your day, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's not about being obsessive. It's about being honest because we can go through, again, our, our whole day and think that we eat a certain way, but those other things do add up. So number one is being honest. Number two is then start to fine tune your consistency. Start with your calories first because calories are king for weight gain or weight loss. Energy balance mm-hmm. can't like go outside of that. Like There, there are no ifs, ands, or buts. Eating more calories than we're burning, we're going to gain. Eating less, we're going to lose, right? If we're eating on average the same and our weight is maintaining, then we know we're at our what we would call our maintenance, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, once you get your calories figured out, then you can start to really hone in on your protein. Um, and that's where, you again, you, maybe you're doing 0.8 to 1 gram um, per pound of body weight. And why is protein so important? Protein is important because, well, for one, it's a um, – it's essential. Our body doesn't just make it out of thin air. We need to be consuming proteins, right? We have to be consuming amino acids in order for our body to make what it does, muscle, mm-hmm. right? Of recovery. You were saying how you're wanting to bulk and mm-hmm. you want some of that to be lean mass. Well, guess what that is? That's muscle protein um, I synthesis. I want it all to be lean mass. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> everybody wants to just, every time they gain a little I don't bit want of weight. any fat. I want just lean, no. But, and protein is also the most satiating. Mm -hmm. So I think when we fill up on protein and we're eating enough of it, we tend to have less of the other extracurriculars, I like to say. So we're not having as many processed foods naturally. We're just not going to be reaching for, if you're filling up on your chicken thighs and your beef, you're not going to have as many of the extra chips or the donuts or the cookies. It will not, it will truly naturally start to happen. I see this happen with clients all the time. Or I also hear, oh, I feel like so full. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're not used to feeling satiated and not having to be snacky all day. Right. We hear that, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the protein makes me feel full. I'm like, yeah, that's how, it, that's, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. That's a right. good thing. That doesn't mean that you're overeating or anything like that. I mean, it can, like you can, we, you can feel really full or whatever on, on protein or anything. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is that your body is actually getting what it needs. So it's not going to crave as much of the, the bullshit. You're not right. going to be eating a spoon of peanut butter at night because you've literally starved yourself. That was like when we were doing that one diet, the 1200 calorie thing, I was like craving peanut butter and really just like calorie dense things. My mm-hmm. body was screaming for energy. <laughs> like literally right. our body, my body was asking for it. Right. And so th- that happens to a lot of people where, 
we're under eating all day or not consuming enough protein all day. We skip breakfast. We have a little bitty snacks for lunch at work because we've been running around all day. And then people wonder why they're starving at night. Well, you probably didn't consume a amount of good amount of good food throughout the day, uh-huh. which which again, like I feel like really points to protein. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's nutrition in a nutshell. I think um, you know, we've talked about alcohol. We've mm-hmm. talked about nutrition. I think uh, to close, we should probably talk about sleep because that's mm-hmm. actually number one. Right. Sleep is the most and, important. And no one does sleep better than the two sitting in that chair right now, especially that one. Um, so, like, let's kind of talk about our, our lifestyle. We've, we've kind of adapted this, like, kind of, um, you know, in extreme going to <laughs> bedtimes for us. I mean, we go to bed around... Uh, we're like, you know, screen time is over around six. Um, that means, you know, we're putting our phones away. We're turning off the TV, um, going into bed and we're usually asleep by seven, six thirty. but then we're waking up at, at three because that's just, you know, I have clients every morning at three thirty and three thirty AM or four, um, starting on zoom, um, for multiple hours. And we, we're just like, we operate better as, as morning people. So, yeah. um, but I think what has helped us, you know, there's many things that help help you sleep, but you know, a consistent schedule. So we have that. Ours is relatively extreme. We don't, you don't have to pick these bedtimes, but whatever your bedtimes are, you should try to stick within them, go to sleep around the same time, wake up around the same time, even on the weekends. Um, you know, and that's really going to help you get into a good rhythm and, and get you into deeper stages of sleep and things like that. And we can go on and on and on about this, but kind of, you know, that's what we do. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about why sleep is important. Yes. Sleep is important because, for one, it's completely underrated. It's just so beyond underrated. We are um, a culture of grind and hustle. Mm-hmm. We are we brag about five and six hour nights of sleep and being able to get up and crush a twenty hour day or whatever. Like that's, I think we're moving away from that as a whole. I think that we're starting to see more people do like some of the self care. As much as I don't love that word, just but there's still a lot of people out there that struggle with sleep big time. And it's important for so many, so many, so many reasons. I mean, I think one thing that's important to highlight is to remember that we've evolved as a species over thousands of years and we still sleep mm-hmm. and optimize at, at seven and a half to eight hours in general. Seven to nine is really the general range, which is a big range. We haven't evolved out of sleep, y'all. Like we have come a mm-hmm. long way and we still sleep. And so do a lot of animal species. Like they all sleep a lot more than humans do. But right. for some reason, we are like caffeinated and stressed out and all the just like needing to fire on all cylinders. And we're just we take things to wake up. We take things to go to sleep. Yes, you know. And we think that we need to be taking green supplements and green powder and 10 different supplements when we're refusing to just do the work that is get to bed on time. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that this is easy for everybody. I'm also not speaking to brand new parents that have newborns and one-year-olds, but I think a lot of us can do better at sleeping. And it's important because our recovery happens when we're sleeping. Our digestion is improved, right? Like there is a lot to be said about that and making sure that our body is doing what it needs to digest and recover at night. Um, and of course, like that leads to our hormone functions and our body's ability to function as a whole. For my clients that um, don't sleep very well, that's the first thing that we're working on because it's important that we are getting good sleep so that we are managing our energy levels throughout the day. We are making better food choices because the lack of sleep can lead to an increase in ghrelin hormone, which is our hunger hormone. Mm-hmm. So for my folks that are low on sleep when you're craving 
super carb heavy foods, donuts, greasy burgers or whatever, like on a night after some really poor sleep, that's typically why, because our ghrelin is going up and we're literally like unable to control that feeling because we're just, we're, our body is craving energy in another way. Mm-hmm. It's very, very smart and it's compensating for the lack of sleep. Right. Same thing with um, recovering from a workout. We get right. so wrapped up in that. We're, like the, I think cold baths are the biggest thing right now. Cold, cold plunges. Well, we get wrapped up in lots of things. I mean, there, yes. there's creams, there's yes. uh, massage guns, CBD. there's, there's so many things. And I, and I've been, um, you know, approached by a lot of people out here that sell this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, would you market this for us or this or that? And it's like, what do you, they're like, they're, they always let off like, what do you do for recovery? I'm like, I sleep. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I, I do my mobility and take care of myself and walk and stuff. But like, you know, it's, I sleep. It's sleep. That is the number one recovery tool that will do more for you than any cream or gun or supplement or ice bath or, or whatever it is, you know. 100%. Those right. other things, it's not to say that they don't help or whatever, but I think they're all very, very, very supplemental. I mean, if there were like a a pie, like sleep is the is truly like the 99% and those other ones are like the right. 1% combined yeah. like sliver, right? Um, sleep just leads us. And again, when, when we, we've all been there where we had a shitty night of sleep and we're irritable the next day, or Mm -hmm. we're, we we have, um, we're falling asleep in the middle of our afternoon and we're not performing well at work or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've all felt that way. And there's still those people out there that are like, I feel great on five hours of sleep. And to those people, I say, you don't know what it's actually like yet to feel good. That's back to the whole, like, you don't know yet what it feels like to have a good eight hour night of sleep or mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone needs eight. The, the truly people do range seven to nine is generally like the range. I think quality is a lot more important than the time that we're spending like in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and again, I think we could do a whole podcast on sleep, but sleep is really, really critical. And for anybody that's looking to get better sleep, I do think, I think there are, are a couple things that are important to, to, to set yourself up for success. A cool dark room is a big one. Mm-hmm. Cutting off screen time, whether it's even if you are watching TV, phones, all of that stuff. Like our brains are constantly going, going, going. And I think a lot of people get wrapped up in work emails and things like that at night. So your brain isn't going to shut off. And mm-hmm. therefore, it's going to be really hard to fall asleep at night, right? So I think putting your phone like across the room or maybe in another room, that those types of things are very, very helpful for people. Um, and also making sure you're getting up and moving around throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, getting sunlight is important and getting outside and going for walks. If you can't do that or it's winter, just making sure that you're like expending energy throughout the day. I think a lot of us that are um, sitting at work, sitting in the car, not getting up and moving around, we're restless at night because our body is like been sitting all day. We mm-hmm. haven't expended any energy. So it's like, well, here I am. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm chilling. It's sort of like a, like a dog there. They need to be exercised. Well, yeah, like, and a, and a lot bit. of people, you know, especially now that we're back in Oklahoma, you get to see how a lot of people live. We wake up, we park our car in the driveway. We walk, we sit in our car, we drive to work, we sit at work, we get back in our car, we go home, we sit down on the TV, you know, sit down on the couch. Once we're done sitting down on the couch, it's time to go lay down now. So like, yeah, we got to give our body a reason to want to go to sleep. Um, and a lot of that starts with your daily activity. Yes. Not so much, and this we're bringing this all back to recovery because we want to recover. We're, I mean, we're really talking about like recovering from workouts, and that's how you get better, right? Like you don't get big and strong from lifting all the heavy weights. You get big and strong by recovering from lifting the heavy weights, and yes. and you do that while you're asleep. That's happening while you're asleep. That's right. 
Yeah. So sleep's a big one. So we got sleep. We talked about nutrition today and we talked about alcohol. We got to hear Cody's background on the alcohol. Yeah, we did, which I think is enough for today. I mean, that was a lot. I think hopefully we got some good nuggets in there for some people to definitely take away. Yeah. And I, you know, just want to say like, you know, these are the things that are actually more important. Well, not I don't want to say too much more important than, than your actual workouts, but like if you are a brand new golfer, brand new athlete or brand new, just into fitness, right? Like if you can get these things down and you can just do some basic workouts, um, you're going to see some tremendous results. Um, no matter, I mean, honestly, like I sell workout programming, um, I do custom programming, I do personal training, but you know, if this is all brand new to you, getting these things down, doing a few basic workouts and you are going to see tremendous changes in your life. Um, in the most positive way you can imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, um, I guess we'll just sign off again by you can finding you can find us on the Instagrams. Um, I'm at Erica Elko, which is my maiden name, but that's where I'm at. E R I K A E L K O. Cody is at Cody Westcott Golf. Um, we'll be launching some new programs coming up shortly mm-hmm. too. This this March, Very this, this in season. And the nutrition, the Cody Westcott Golf Nutrition Blueprint will be coming That's out right. too. So a lot of the nutrition stuff that we talked about in this episode and we will continue to talk about um, uh, will definitely be a part of that that blueprint, which I'm excited to share with mm-hmm. everybody very, very soon. Um, I can't believe the spring's almost here, but be sure to like and subscribe to us and share this episode and other episodes with your friends, your fam your dogs Uh, with your dogs so it's on instagram and youtube (laughs) yeah and thanks everybody for listening we'll talk to you soon